Hey there, we're back and glad you're here with us. This is 633 Wake Up and our season three, because I said so. I'm Kimberly Belrose, faith coach, and I'm with Sharon McComb, certified life coach. We have joined forces in the pursuit of the more and better life. As Christian women, we look first to our faith. What we've discovered, each of us for our own lives, is that it's not because we say so, but because God says so. Jesus said he made a way to have a more and better life, and he left so we can have Holy Spirit to help and guide us with that. Welcome. Join our journey. Bring an open mind and an open heart, an ear to hear, and a willingness to submit. This pursuit is for you too. So we're going to be looking at a really well-known scripture today um, in Romans 12, verses 1 to 3. And I'm going to be reading it from the New King James Bible. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So I've read that scripture many times throughout my Christian walk. Um, and, I mean, I've, I've clung to that scripture many times, but I was totally blown away by how the Message Bible uh, translates that scripture. And so, Kimberly, can you share how the Message Bible puts those three verses? I sure can. So, here's what it says. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are, and what we do for him. Sharon, 
I believe that we could do at least a month's worth of episodes in these three verses. Absolutely. There is so much meat in there, so much to to just pick through and say, how's this measure up in my life? Right? Yeah. I'm doing it now. Again, just hearing it again. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, uh, where, what boxes am I checking? <laughs> right? 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 Yeah. Every, every time I read it, what, uh, what, I, do you want to know what I say? What? Ouch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a convicting um, passage. Yeah, and we've, it's like we have somehow, I want to say, minimized it. You know, it's a very well-known portion of scripture, like you said, but we've somehow minimized the totality, well, that's a good word, um, of it. It's all encompassing. We are body, soul, and spirit. When we are born from above, we don't go to heaven because we are God's hands, feet, voice here. Okay, so we're not going to get into that right now. Kim? Can I just make a quick comment, though? Yes. Um, Even in my version, the the New King James, um, when you really pick apart those three verses... I mean, where it talks about, don't think higher of yourself than you should. Exactly. Transform your mind and present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. I mean, those are the three key points in those verses. And when you read the message, I mean, it makes it much clearer. But even in New King James Version, it's a convicting. It uh, is. It is. So, yeah. You know me, and you know how um, I get quite a kick out of when God uses big words out of my mouth, and then I need to go to a dictionary <laughs> and figure out what it means, right? Right. You know that. And I used the New King James Bible for years and years and years. I know those verses. Uh, they're part of me. They're part of still, they're still a big part of how God speaks to me because they're in me, like we talked about the last episode. That's the language, right? Right. But when I, when God has had my face in this message Bible, it's like that. It's like I've opened a dictionary. I've opened a dictionary to give me the meaning. It's like if you just took what you said, those three points out of the New King James Version, then the Message Bible just opened up the dictionary and gave me the meaning of what it means. The definition. Exactly. Puts it in everyday language. Yeah. And I just, I love that. So this is what happened recently. And it was, and it was really cool. I was speaking with someone and, um, this, this person was having a, a difficult time in where they were in this job. And so this is a faith coaching session? Yes. Okay. And so this is, you know, I, I guess it's a good example of how faith coaching can work. Okay. Um, so, so we're, you know, so I'm listening to the story. And this person absolutely believes that God directed them to this job a while back. And they didn't want it. 
they didn't want to be working from the experience that they've done. They felt that they had, uh, you know, grown beyond that, wanting to do something different. And anyways, that's what happened. And so the person's in this job and they're struggling. They're struggling with uh, the business isn't run in a way that from you know, from this lady's experience that it could be so much better. She know she knows how to improve the the workings of the business. And then, you know, we could do it better if we did it this way. But the boss doesn't want it that way. Mm, and that's tough. right? And the shifts keep changing. And so it's hard for this per for this lady to focus on how life operates. And, you know, it's not really where she wants to be anyway. So like, God, why can't I go over here? I'm just going to do something. And actually, what the person really wants is to stay home and not have a job at all. <laughs> but the the husband has um, respect and value for uh, for jobs and wants to have that into their home, into their finances, into their into their picture, right? Teamwork kind of thing. And so this lady's a believer, of course. Or why am I a faith coach? Right. And so all these things going on. And and this this lady has applied to many jobs and is getting no response. Weeks later, after many applications, there's zero response. So as I'm listening to the story, I have a vision because that's how I work. That's how God works through me most of the time. So the vision I'm having is that this dear lady is walking around this path. And I see the path as very well walked. You know what I mean? It's like tramp dirt. There's nothing growing on it. This path is very worn. But there is a stone in the path. And this lady walks around full circle and every single trip around, she's stubbing her toes, her foot on this stone. And so as I'm seeing this vision, um, what the first thing I said to this lady was like, okay, let, you know, let's, let's kind of go back. You believe that God led you to this job. Yes. You believe that you should submit to your husband and you should have a job. Yes. Okay. So if God is working on something that he's been working on for a while in your life, through your journey of faith, is how would God be handling this job, this situation, if he's working on that thing right now. And it was mm. like, oh my gosh, he'd be doing exactly what he's doing. <laughs> and, and so then the person was reminded of so many past experiences where God had been working on humility and, oh, yeah. and on submission, on giving up control, on, uh, you know, this isn't about what I want. This is about what God wants and what God, what I can do for God or what I can allow God to do through me. Yeah. 
And then I clearly saw that that stone that's in the path is self. It is, you know, the lady was talking about her ability, her knowledge, her experience, and the employer didn't want any of it, wanted this way. And so the stone that was being stumbled across is what I know and what I know how to do better. And so it's trip, right? And then, uh, you know, with the heart of wanting to be at home, and believe me, I understand that one, um, you know, that was another trip, you know, um, the desire, you know, I'll just get a different job, that'll please my husband, right? But there was, of all the doors that were knocked on, None of them even heard the knock. There was no response for any of the job applications. And there'd been like half a dozen or more go out. And this person's very well experienced. You know, why? Because Mm -hmm. God wants this person to have a humbling attitude, to be the Jesus that she can be in that workplace. It's not just about what she is doing in that place. It is about what God wants her to be doing in that place. And that, you know, one of the questions I said to this lady, what if the people that the, that you are working with, this is the only Jesus that they will ever see, is what you're showing them. And and the lady was like, oh, my gosh, I am doing such a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> and so the connection of faith coaching, you know, so then so then we pray and I I don't, uh, you know, we'll meet again next week and we'll see how it went. But where I go with it from there is like I want I want that lady to go to the Lord. Yeah. I want her to um you know go to that ultimate coach and have the heart change. You know, the practicality in the job place and in the home um that's different than what I do. What yes. I what I do is you know let's expose by the power of the Holy Spirit and the prophetic giftings that I have, what the issue is. Mm-hmm. You know, let's take it to the Lord. Here's the issue. Let's put the light on it and see what God has to say for you. And then I want the client to go to God and say, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. So that's that's how it ended, and that's where you know her and I'll pick up next week, and uh, you know see how it went. Right. So that kind of flows into the scripture we used today, which is why you picked it. Obviously, that is absolutely the scripture that rose up within me for this. Right. Huh. So I'm. I mean, as you're talking and telling this story, I mean, there's some things that are coming to my mind. Um, and it's interesting because it's almost like 
what I do in my life coaching uh, practice would would kind of act as follow up to what you did. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, in this case, and and uh, and that that is looking at practical things that this person can now go away and do. Yes. Right. To help her plan action steps with the goal being in her everyday workplace, in her life, submitting herself to what God wants for her. And um, so there's a few things that kind of have twigged in my brain that she might go forward with. And I think by sharing them today, um, it might help somebody who kind of identifies with what you said. Um, It's quite probable if she's your client that she's listening to the podcast. Um, Perhaps she can take those uh, these comments and, and run with them or come back to you or call me. Um, the thing is when you get revelation from God through what you've just done, right? Cause that's what it is. It's revelation. Oh, I forgot an important part. Okay, please. Now. Sure. Okay. So as we were concluding the session, what I saw in the st- I, so the vision expanded and sometimes that's happen happens you know like when you're watching a tv show and you hit pause and you get something or go do something and then you come back and you hit play and it continues so sometimes mm-hmm. visions are like that for me sometimes they're completely rewound and i look at something entirely different highlighted in it the same way that the word is living and active visions can be too Right. Okay. So here's what happened was as we were concluding our session, the vision continued and the focus was on the stone and the worn path. Okay. So I saw this stone as themselves, the self. And, um, words came out of my mouth kind of like, you know, you kind of have to look at, so we're body, soul, and spirit. And our our soul is our mind, will, and emotion. And um, it's kind of the whole decision-making thing, like the steering wheel of which way the body's going to go. Is it, you know, which way are you, is the soul going to turn and let the body take control? Or is the soul going to turn and let the spirit take control? So that mind, that will, and that emotion, that soul is what I saw as the stone, the ego, right? And so instead of running into that ego, um, what I saw was that this lady took a gigantic step that took strength, that would cause pain, physically and emotionally and all the stamina that she could produce to decide to take the step up on top of this stone and go over rather than keep going around it, keep hitting it because it was going to hurt. It's going to be hard work, but to see that self, that ego, almost like a little brat within you, and that you need to discipline it. It's like an unruly child. 
or it's like a craving within us. Uh, you know, I think of when I was a smoker, you know, and you have those cravings, like I want smoking so bad, I want a cigarette so bad. And if I fed it, it was there again, and again, mm-hmm. and again. But if I starved it, it would be weakened. Right? And it comes to the, you know, there's a scripture, I believe it's in First John, I didn't look it up today, sorry, listeners. But it talks about, um, we are tempted you know, by the the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, and uh, the f- um, pride, I think. So one of the things I've often say to my clients is, you know, you can't blame everything on the devil. Right. Because, you know, you eating chocolate, you know, if you have a love of chocolate, then the, then the enemy can tempt you with chocolate. But if I don't like chocolate, chocolate is not a temptation. So it's what is within that mind, that will, that emotions. What is within that self? What is within even that body that is the weak point of the temptation, right? So that stone was something that the person, the lady, has to take authority over. Has to step on. That's right. She has to take a step up. In maturity, in discipline, in obedience, in submission, to put that self down. It doesn't matter what you want. It matters because I said so. Right. So I'm sorry, I forgot the conclusion. I felt it was important. So now you come back to the practical for this lady who I know is listening. Um, so, I mean, that's really... It kind of ties it all together in my thinking because that is the revelation that she received, right? That the rock is her uh, self, her flesh, right? The Bible talks a lot about conquering the flesh, killing the flesh, dying to the self, right? Um, and so going forward, she needs to know um, how, how to do that. And I think... Sometimes we can know scriptures and we can know, okay, I have to do this, but what does that look like? You know, what, what can I do in real life to, to be doing that, to be moving forward? And so I think the first thing that um, I would recommend as a life coach, first of all, is, you know, you go back to the story where, um, you said, how are you doing in pleasing God in this job? And she said, I'm doing a terrible job, right? Yeah. Um, I would suggest, well, in fact, I am suggesting to this lady, um, let that go. Ask forgiveness. Don't hang on to the guilt. Don't feel bad about it. Um, so often we are stuck in where we are because of how we judge ourselves. Oh, for sure. Right. So God is good to forgive. I mean, if he's good enough to give her the revelation that this is the situation, then he's waiting for her to come in forgiveness, like come and ask for forgiveness. So that's definitely would be step one for her. Yes. Go before God. Say, God, I'm sorry, you know, for what I've been doing. I'm sorry for my attitude. Um, please forgive me. Yeah. And don't don't let me hang on to those thoughts. Right. 
and then say, okay, fresh new start. How am I going to approach my job next shift? Yeah, exactly. It's immediate right away. We're going to change direction. Right. Um, so then the second thing that I would always work on is our thought life and how we talk to ourselves, the conversations that we have with ourselves in our head. Um, and the thoughts that we allow Satan to interject into our minds, right? The Bible calls them fiery darts of the enemy. And so um, step two would be to take responsibility for how um, she's thinking about the job. Because if she's on a path to be submissive to God and to do this for God, Satan's going to get his attention directed directly to her. Oh and yeah. The fiery bolts are going to increase um, because we know, I mean, who, who doesn't know that when you start to try to be obedient to God, Satan pulls out, you know, all guns. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. And so it's really important that she remembers the armor of God, that, that so her salvation is her helmet against these fiery darts. Right. And that she can, the, something people really, need to hang on to grasp hold of and hang on to is the concept that we have control over our thought life so many times i hear people say well i can't help what i think but you can and more than that god says we are to take control of our thoughts take every thought captive to the lordship of jesus christ so god knows we can control our thoughts and he tells us to do that I so, got, can I interject with a, a, a Joyce Meyer? Story? Yes. So one of the things that uh, when my children were young and I listened to Joyce so much, I mean, like multiple hours a day, I would listen to her. Um, anyways, one of her little stories was that, you know, her, her kids were being um, not listening, not doing what she told, blah, blah, blah. And she was out of control again with her children and you know however she behaved I don't remember if she went into detail I do remember that I could really relate to this story of losing it with my family and going to God in repentance and I'm sorry I can't help myself anyway so she did that went into her bathroom which she talked about often and prayed and cried and God, I just can't control myself. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And God said to her, if the pastor knocked on the door, how would you act in that situation? How would you control yourself? Right? And she knew immediately that, you know, if the pastor knocked on the door and she opened the door and everything would be so sweet and she'd be so self-controlled and, the, you know, and, and all of apologetic of the condition of the home or the children, but she would be all love and likeness, right? Yes. And so something I always say to my clients when they come up against this, what you just said, oh, I can't help it. I can't control my thoughts. And I'm like, do you, you know, do you know that the Lord is with you all the time? He knows everything you're thinking. He knows everything you're watching, everything you're saying, everything you're doing. So it's multiplied that the pastor's at your door. It's Jesus like, is at your door. Jesus is in your house, honey. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we have the ability to control our thoughts. I think the problem lies in our society has come to the point where we believe we don't. We've been told, you know, that's not in your control. And it's directly con- contradictory to what the scriptures say. Yeah. So if we're going to do it because God said so, we have to con- learn to control our thoughts. Because he said so. Because he said so. And so how we control our thoughts, and this is what I would talk to this woman about, is replacing negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And this is something that takes work. It's not easy to change your thinking. It, it um, you know, takes intentionality, right? You have to do it on purpose. That's right. You have to watch what you're thinking. Think about what you're thinking. Yes. About, right? That's a joycism. Um, and as soon as you think a negative thought, stop it. Stop it as soon as you realize. Don't even let the thought finish. And say, no, I'm not thinking that. And replace it with a positive. And sometimes with my clients, I say, get yourself some scriptures that you use as a mantra. Exactly. Like a go-to scripture that as soon as you think a negative thought, that's the scripture you're going to say in your head. Right? And um, so I would help this woman find some scriptures, or I would encourage her to go and find a couple, two, two or three short scriptures that help her to remember that she's working for God. Right? That she is not um, there for herself. Right? Right. Replace the negative thinking. Um, The second thing is that um, this whole idea that um, I think it's in Colossians that it talks about working as unto the Lord. Right? Um, So I find for me, is visualization helps a lot. And what I mean by that is I pretend that Jesus is with me. Yes. Practice his presence. Right. right. And I know he's with me, but it's hard to kind of get that into my brain if I'm not visualizing him right here with me. And I would encourage her to do that. Right. Instead of her boss being there, imagine Jesus is the one running that business. And Jesus is in the business every day that she's there. And Jesus is the one saying, do it this way. I know, you know, yeah, she might know how to do it better or different in her own mind. But if Jesus is saying to you, this is how I want it done, would you say to him, that's not the right way? Maybe if you're Peter. Well, let's pretend she's not a Peter. (laughs) But I am like Peter. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so just pretend that it's Jesus that you're working for. Yes. Until you get that that humble, submissive attitude towards your boss and your work and your place in that, um, down pat. You know? Exactly. And it's, it's practicing his presence right there. It is submitting to the idea that God says we working, we're working for him no matter who we work for. That's right. Even if you're cleaning your toilet. Yep. Right. So it's it's a way for this lady to kind of um, work through um, her pride. I mean, that sounds harsh, but it's, it's, it's pride. If we're not humble, then we're proud. That's right. Uh, 
to work through her pride at work and help ask Holy Spirit, you know, through this to, to help show her that she's actually working for Jesus. Um, and that is something that, again, you have to practice it. You have to keep your mind on it. And you're not going to be perfect. It's not going to every time all day long, right? But be aware. Be mindful of what you're doing and what you're thinking, again, right? How you're feeling about a situation, right? And and so especially when you're being told what to do or you're following a, a schedule or directions from your boss, you know? Get in your mind. I'm doing this for Jesus. Jesus is the one telling me this. And imagine it in your mind that he's right there. It, it helps to kind of adjust your perspective on it. It also, yeah. it also helps, uh, from my experience, if a co-worker or an employer or, or even my husband says something to me that hurt, cut me, um, I didn't, you know, that I just take a second and ask myself, how would Jesus respond? Mm-hmm. Not just that I am doing it for Jesus, but when we're hurt, how would he react? Right? Right. It's my it's yeah. my reactions, because I'm a lot like Peter personality, it's my reactions that I have more trouble with sticking my foot in my mouth and kicking other people. Um that you know, so I I tend to have to deal with it in the opposite view. I'm pretty good at serving people as if they were Jesus. I'm not. I struggle with the stone being how I feel, how I react, how I respond. Yeah. Now I don't know how this woman, this woman that you were coaching, you know does that like I don't know where her strengths are um so I mean you can imagine that your boss is Jesus but you we should always in my opinion we should always be imagining that we are that we are Jesus because Jesus lives in us and it's not our life we're living it's him living through us right so the Jesus factor let's call it that right we work for him we're to be like him and he's the one who is telling you what to do at work. Yep. That's where I would want her to look and where I'd want her to, to exactly. practice. Yes. Yeah. And, and quickly, the third thing is, and I think this can be said to anybody who's listening. It's a good check in your job life. Um, if you are not supposed to be there for your own benefit, Right. If you are not supposed to be there to improve the business with your vast knowledge and experience, right? Yeah. Because it's not your business. um, Why are you there? And so in this case with this lady, I mean, with your vision saying that she keeps tripping over her own ego, God has called her into this job. God has closed all other doors. Her husband wants her to have a job. Um, And... And so she has to look at, okay, if God wants me here, but I don't want to be here. Clearly, this job isn't really doing anything for me, right? And it's not for the benefit of the business because she, my boss is not interested in my, my knowledge or my wisdom, right? So why does God want me here? 
and start to look around your environment, her environment when she is at work for opportunities to be Jesus. Exactly. Asking God every day, okay, God, show me why I'm here today. Bring opportunities, whatever you you want me here for. Open my eyes, give me direction, right? And mm-hmm. it might be only to pray for those people. It might be to pray for the business. It might be to um, be the peacemaker. Who knows? But obviously, if she's there, and God put her there, and God's keeping her there against what she would like, there's a reason. And so she needs to start to investigate opportunities to do what God wants her to do in that job. Yes, absolutely. So I want to bring us back. Actually, I think... I think you had something else to say, didn't you? About us being well, yeah. I, I, I just I just want to end what I was gonna say is that it's important that we remember that our life is not about what we want. It's not about ourselves. If we're born from above, then it's always all about him. That's right. And that's right where we began, folks. I am going to read this again from Romans 12 in the in chapter 1 or verse 1, sorry. Paul is saying to us as believers, if your believer is awake on the inside of you, then this is for you that we are to take our everyday, our ordinary life, our sleeping are eating, are going to work, and are walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for us is the best thing that we can do for Him. Wherever you are, wherever you are, you are the Jesus that people are looking at. You are the voice of Jesus that people are listening to. You know, you've heard that expression. You might be the only Bible that someone's reading. So if you care about the people around you, or even if you don't, God does. And he wants you to be him. Be like him, wherever you are. So, what um sorry so it i want to conclude with this last question is your life an offering do you give him your life as an offering to live through think about that so we want to bless you for being here we want to bless you for encouraging words not just for us but for everyone you're around. And we want to bless you for sharing. And, you know, yes, share this podcast. Yes, share my wind words. Yes, share our Facebook posts. Yes, share the message. But more than anything, share the light and the love of Jesus. And so until next time, we bless you and we ask you to be a blessing.